0: Welcome to the Lanier Hills Church Sermon Podcast, where faith meets life. I'm Pastor Randall Popham, inviting you to explore wisdom from the word with us. For more information, visit us online at lanierhills.com. All right, good morning. Man, I love to come out here and see a full house. I love when you pull up in the parking lot and it's full. Man, I love it. You know that um, I was looking back, just kind of going back, and I've been here 18 years now, and just kind of looking at history of attendance and things like that, and how many lives we've impacted. And you know, COVID killed a lot of churches. There's a lot of churches that shut down during COVID, and uh, didn't, never came back. And then ones that did come back, a lot of them are only like, only like 40% of what they were. And yes. I was looking back over it, and I want you to know, we are not just back where we were before COVID. We're back to, like, our attendance where it was in 2017. It's, like, amazing to see. So it's really cool. We have a Getting to Know You lunch for people that are new to the church, and we have 50 men, women, and kids coming today for people that are all new in the last few weeks. So um, it's really cool to be a part of that and watch what God's doing. And if you're one of the new people, welcome. I'm Pastor Randall. I want to welcome you to Lanier Hills Church. I want to welcome all of you worshiping with us online, too, today. We know that uh, walking into a church for the first time is scary, and just about anybody I meet who comes to our church are like, I already checked you out online first, <laughs> right? Because that's what we do now, right? We, but you, uh, think, if you're checking us out, we want to welcome you. Come in here. We promise we're not that scary, okay? Uh, anyway, you got a Bible with you today? Yes, if you do, go ahead and get it out. If you don't, you can watch it, be on the screen as well, but there's a little QR code on the seat in front of you, you can scan that with your phone, and it will also uh, take you to the sermon notes, and all the scriptures, and all those things that you need today, so you can uh, know what's going on and uh, follow along. So, uh, you know, I love what Jessica shared. If you weren't in here about what well, she shared, what she's gone through this past week, and even how the song's related, you missed a really important part of the service today, just as she shared about the struggles she's been going through and how God has got her through that, and even yesterday was in the bed in pain, wondering how she's going to be able to sing today. And, um, and I said, when she shared that because, bef- with us, uh, like the worship team always prays together before the service and, and after they're done getting ready, and she shared that, and I said, You got to share that with the church. If people don't connect with your perfection, it's your authenticity and your being real that people connect with. So you need to share that, and she did. And, um, you know, maybe you're in the same situation. Maybe today you're here and you don't know why you're here, but you know you need God to show up in your life because you're in a difficult season. And see, we all go through seasons of where we get to the place where we just don't know how we're going to make it. We things are overwhelming. Financial strains overwhelming, physical illness is overwhelming, relationship strain is overwhelming. Or maybe you're a young person and you're trying to figure out and and we've all if you're older than like <laughs> A young adult, you've probably all been there and we've experienced, what am I going to do with my life? And you feel the strain of that, right? What am I going to do? Some of y'all still, you're 50, you're still trying to figure that out. What am I going to do with my life when I grow up? Um, Or maybe, you know, you're in another season, you're in a senior adult and you have a totally different set of worries and concerns. You're burying friends. You're making choices about end-of-life type stuff and that's just the truth of it, and, um, and you're worried, and you are depressed, and it's just overwhelming. Maybe that's you in that life, or maybe you're in the middle, and you have, um, you're trying to balance kids, schedules, work, all of that stuff, and you're like, I just don't seem to have enough at the end of the day, right? You're just wondering like this, uh, it's just overwhelming, and you don't know how to get through that season, or maybe you're in the season I am today, it's the first week that uh, all of our kids have graduated high school and gone. Right? Dana got up this morning and she's like, I'm sad. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you, sweetie, because, uh, yeah, she said, I'm sad. And I said, why? Because Ethan's going back to school today. He said, yes. And I said, it's good. <laughs> Ethan's like, what? But, it's it's good, right? But I said because he, he could be just staying home the rest of his life. He's he's going out, doing his thing. That's the season we're in. And for honest with you, just be honest, the last two years as the kids have graduated and one got married and then the thing, it was depressing. But now I'm gonna come through that and I'm like, It's good. I want a little private time with my wife. all right? Looking forward to that that season. But whatever season you're in, um, sometimes it can feel overwhelming and there's no peace. And today we want to talk about having peace in the storm. Peace in the storm. And maybe you're not in a storm right now, and you're like, uh, okay, I want to hear a sermon about storms. But here's what you know. Here's what we know. We're guaranteed to go through storms in life. Every one of us. Jesus said this in John 16, 33. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Today we're going to look to him and find peace. He says, in this world you will have trouble But take heart, I have overcome the world. So we don't come today being, oh, woe is me. We come finding peace because he has overcome this world. So today we're going to go to the scripture, we're going to find peace, we're going to look at that, and we're going to figure out how we have this peace that surpasses understanding when everything else is falling apart around us. So I'm going to pray, and I want you to ask God to open your heart and ears to hear what he wants you to say this morning. If you'll ask him to do that too, okay? Lord, we come this morning, Lord, just knowing that you see us and you know us, you hear us. You know what our day holds, you know what this week holds and this month and year. You know the, the storms ahead of us and the ones we've come through and the ones that we're in. And Lord, help us to be find peace in the storm. Will you show us today, would you open our eyes to see what we need to see about how to have peace in the storm. How to, would you open our ears to hear your voice about what you want to say to us about this peace? Lord, would you give us an open um, mind to understand and a heart that can experience your peace in this storm? Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Would you please just speak to us now? Lord, get me out of the way. Holy Spirit, come do what you want to do through the teaching of your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so John 6 and verse 16. Last week we saw, as we're going through the book of John, we're just taking section by section about and saying, come and see who Jesus is and what he's like and what he did and, and what John says about him. So we saw last week how Jesus fed a thousand, you know, thousands and thousands of people with a few fish and some, and some bread, and he fed them, fed them all this miraculous miracle. Then Jesus, at the end of that, he's like, all right, I'm going to go take a break, and he goes up on a hillside and takes a break. Aren't you glad Jesus need a break too? Right? I mean, we all need a break sometimes. Jesus goes, and he goes up the hillside to pray. And we're going to pick up now and what happens next. In John six sixteen, when evening came, so it's the same evening, he just fed all these people, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. But now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. So he'd sent them off. He had already told them, Y'all, I'll join you on the other side of the lake. But Jesus hadn't shown up, so they go on. And a strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. All right, so you've probably heard this story. If you go through the other Gospels, uh, it's shared. It's in Matthew, and I think Mark it talks about it as well. And we see different scenarios in some in the other Gospels. We see where Peter actually gets out of the boat and walks on the water. But John does not include that in this. And we're just going to talk today about what's here in this story. So let me go back, retell it, add some things to it that you need to know to understand it. So Jesus has just fed all of these people. Now imagine with me, pictured in your mind, there's probably ten to 15,000 people on this hillside. They're hungry and they're hot. They're hangry, right? Anybody been there who gets hangry? They're hungry, hot, hangry, you know, all that. And Jesus feeds them. And so these disciples are taking this bread, and they don't know how it's going to happen, but, you know, at our house, feeding six people is a lot of work. It's a chore. Imagine feeding 15,000, and who does it? The disciples. So they're, heading, they're handing out bread and going around, and then Jesus says, now, don't leave anything. Go collect it all. So now they've got to go back through, collect it. So the disciples are, they've been hungry, now they are worn out, they're tired, and it's hot. Sun, the sun is starting to set. And what does Jesus do? He says, y'all got this, I'll see you later. <laughs> and he goes up on the mountain, and now the disciples are finished cleaning up. And he says, I'll meet you on the other side of the river, on the other side of the lake. And uh, so they go down there, they're waiting in the evening, you know. Just imagine, it's a pretty sunset, and birds are chirping, but they're sweaty, they're nasty, they're tired, and they're like, Where's Jesus? <laughs> When Jesus going to show up? And he doesn't, he doesn't show up. It gets dark, and they're like, well, we're just going to go on. So they get in this boat, and these boats, fishing boats, are about 25 feet long, 7 feet wide, 4 feet tall. And um, they have a place for oars and maybe for a sail. Some of them might have had a mast in them, but most didn't. And so they get in that boat, and it might hold about 14 people being a 27-foot boat. And, um, so they get in the boat. And they start going out. They set out to shore. And they just got to go. The, this lake they're on, at the furthest part's about eight miles wide. So they get in the boat, and they're going out there. And, and you know when it's dark. It's scary enough in a boat when, a, when the waves are big. But in the dark, when no nothing out there, going can be kind of freaky. And then you start to, imagine with me, they start to see flashes of light. You know, at night, you hear, and you hear the rumble. rumble and you're like... And at night, it's a long ways away. So they can see it coming. They're probably like, we need to hurry. Come on. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. And they're in the boat, and they're starting to go. And now, the wind starts to come, like it's been here recently, and the wind starts to come. The waves pick up. The white caps are happening. Mist is blowing in their face. And they're like, let's go. And now, I don't know about you guys, but when you start to get scared and nervous, does anybody start to pick on other people that are in the boat with you? No, right? You're all just like, oh, isn't this great? You guys are doing a great job, you know? <laughs> or do you start, hurry up. And maybe Peter's over there like, come on, guys, you're being slow. And they're like, well, why don't you get down here, Peter, and, po- and you row yourself, whatever, right? But they're arguing maybe, I'm just making this up. I'm just picking, they're humans like us. It's probably what happened in our boat. And they're going, and, and the rain's coming now. Now the thunder, <laughs> you know, it's booming, lightning is going, waves are crashing over the shore, they're paddling, they're paddling, they're trying to go, not going much of anywhere. It's just they've gone a few miles, but they haven't gotten to the shore. And you know, when it's pitch black and lightning lights, it's like nothing, and all of a sudden, boom, the light, and you can see everything, and it comes back. You know, you're, you're looking around like, oh, wow, that was pretty cool. Now, there's the like light, the lightning hits, Thunder rolls, and what happens? They see light. They see the waves, and they can't see the shore. And they're freaking out. It says they're scared. And then, just imagine this with me. That light pops, the lightning hits, and you see somebody standing on the water, and it goes away. And you're like, what? (laughs) And maybe just one of them saw it. He's like, wait a minute. Did you guys see that? Lightning again, and then you see it. Now the whole boat's freaking out. Oh, gosh, you know, what was that? And so they're all scared. It says they were frightened. And and here's what I believe they experienced in that moment. I think they felt fear, confusion, and desperation. They were afraid. They are fishermen. They know what it's like to be in a lake or in the ocean and the threat of drowning. They've probably lost friends. They understand that this is a scary situation. There's no life jackets, right? It's just them in the ocean or in this lake. They're afraid, and maybe that's you in the storm, right? You're just afraid. You're like, and how many of you, your mind goes to the worst-case scenario? You married somebody like that? (laughs) Goes to the worst-case scenario. Their mind is like, this is the worst thing that's going to happen. That's probably these disciples. They are afraid. But then I believe they were confused. See, earlier in that day, you know what they'd seen? They'd seen Jesus take a few fish and some bread and feed thousands of people and provide for them. Now, 12 hours later maybe, six hours later, whatever it is, now they're in the middle of the ocean and Jesus has left them for dead. You ever feel that way? <laughs> like You ever feel that way? You're like, oh, God, thank you. Where are you? Have you forgotten that I even exist? You're confused. like, God, where? it's like, they're confused. Like, God, do you know what's going on in my life? Maybe you're in that scenario right now. You're confused. And I was talking to a friend just yesterday and he said, You know, he's going through a hard time, and he said, I'm just really confused at why God would allow me to go through this situation. Couldn't understand it. And then I think they were desperate. Desperation is when you've tried everything, you've done everything, you've worked as hard as you can, and nothing is making a difference. They've rode, and they've rode, and they've rode, and nothing's happening. You ever been desperate in a situation like that? You've tried it all, you've done everything, you throw your hands off, you're just desperate. That's actually a good place for us to be, as we'll see in a second. They're desperate, and then, when that lightning hits, and they see Jesus, they see this image, and they're freaking out, all of a sudden, Jesus says these words. He says, it is I. But in Greek, let me show you what it says, this, it says this. He says, me," which means, I am. Now, where have we heard that, Church. The words, I am. Go back Old Testament, right? And Moses and Abraham and all those, when, when, and, and God is, shows himself up as Yahweh. His name is what? His name is Yahweh, I am. And Jesus says, it's me, it's I, I am. And, and it does two things here. It reassures them, first of all, of his identity, that it's him, that his presence with them in the midst of the storm, but also it's a statement of who he is of his divine nature, suggesting his power and control over everything. I think in the storm when we're afraid and we're confused and desperate, we need to remember I am is there. And he says, I am, it is I, and then he says this other thing. He says, the words in Greek, therese, which means don't be afraid. Take courage. After Moses when Moses was passing away and Joshua was taking over in the New Testament to take him into the promised land, he's scared, he's worried. God shows up and says, do not be afraid, take courage. So now we have, Jesus is relating to himself, right? He's showing, I'm the same God that was there, and I'm here with you too. I am, take courage. That's what he says to us today too, church, that he's in the storm, He's still the great I am. Amen? He's still the great I am. Let's not forget that. That's who he is. So he says those things. He says, Take courage. Now, what happens next in, this, in his account of the story? It says, then Jesus got into the boat. Now, I like to think that they said, Jesus, get in the boat. What are you doing? Get in the boat. And he gets in the boat with them and it says, look what it says in the scripture, it says, and immediately they were at the shore. The storm ceased and they were at the shore. Isn't that how it is a lot of times where the storm seems like it's lasting forever until we finally get to the place where we get Jesus in the boat and the storm ceases. Or maybe it doesn't cease, but it seems like it is. But when you finally turn around, you realize, I made it through. And I made it through that storm. So I love this story because we are so much like the disciples. We get afraid, don't we? We get confused. We get desperate. And if you aren't there yet, hang on. It's coming. And we can look to this story from, from Jesus' life, from, from this example, and learn some things about finding peace in the storm. I want to show you three things to remember. Three things to remember. If you're in the storm now, you're going through a storm, or maybe you know somebody who's going through a storm, they need to hear this this week, and you can share it with them. First thing you need to remember, Jesus has control over the situation. Jesus has control over the situation. Now, he's allowing it, but he still has control over the situation. He can still calm the winds, still calm the seas. We just sang about it and declare it. But do when it comes to real life, do we really believe that? When you pray for miracles, do you still say, God, you still have control over every cell of this person's body. He still has control over the situation. You know why he has control over it? Because he's the God who created it and holds it all together. Look at this verse. I want you to see something. It's not going to be up on the screens, but I want to read it to you. This comes from Colossians 1, 16 through 17. Paul reminds us that he says this, for in him, all things, talking about Jesus, listen, all things in him were created, things in heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible, even the things you can't see. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before it all, all things, and in him, listen, all things are, hold together. He's got a grip on it all, and he's holding it all together. Even the storms, and the the winds, and the cells in your body, whatever that is making you up, every situation is under his authority, and we need to get to the place where we remember no matter what's happening, God's in control of the situation. Now, it's easier to say than to actually live out for this for me you got are new you may not know that a couple years ago I had um I went to the doctor went for just a normal health check and comes back and he says hey your PSA is pretty, la- pretty high it's probably just a- an infection I took some antibiotics and came back and it was higher he said this doesn't look good um he said chance it could be cancer but probably not you're only 48 that doesn't happen 48 year olds and uh go to see get a biopsy come back and he said yeah you got cancer you got prostate cancer I'm like I was confused. Got forty-eight. God, that this is for old people, right? Not young people. And and listen, when you're, you know, like twenty, and you think forty-eight's old, that's still young, right? <laughs> and and I got and I was frustrated, but in a sense, I still knew God had a control of it. And so we took some time and decided we're just going to go and take take my prostate out. So I have a Um, I remember on the morning, I was going to get it out, I had Dana's hand, we were praying, riding through Gainesville, going to the hospital, and and we just prayed. And I remember how much confidence I had, and even in our prayer, God, you got this. You are in control. Came through it, you know, the doctor comes out after, he said, man, surgery went great, you're going to have a full recovery, I think we got it all, looks good. And then, we had to wait a week for the, the biopsy of that to come back, and they get it back, and they say, "Well, it looks like you might have some cancer. Might have gotten outside your prostate, and if that happens, you're gonna have to have chemo. You have to have all you know all this stuff." And I'm like, that's when I thought I had it together. <laughs> you're right. I can take a certain level, but when the level goes further than what I was expecting, now it's like, "Oh, what? You mean I might actually have gotten cancer in the rest of my body?" Now I'm confused. <laughs> now I'm frustrated. Now I'm in fear. And I had to wait several weeks for it to come back and take PSA tests and do all these things for them to finally come back and say, you're in the clear. But for those weeks, I was in a low place. Been there, church? You been in a place like that? I'm in a low place. It's like, oh, God, I thought you were in charge. I thought you can... Rescue and heal. Where are you? Thank God he did heal. Thank God he still heals. Thank God he's still in charge. Thank God when I lose a grip on reality, he's still in charge. Remember, he's in charge of the situation. The second thing, remember, Jesus is present in the problems. He's not like, oh, poor guys. I wonder how long Jesus hung out on the water watching those disciples. Look at those guys arguing. <laughs> Look at them, how they're afraid they are, and he's just over there like this is going to be funny. Watch when they see me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he's just hanging out there, and you know, and watching they finally get a glimpse, but he might have been there the whole time. We don't know; he didn't tell us. They just finally see him, but we do know this: that even though physically you're not there, we know that the presence of God is with us in every problem. He's there in every problem. I love it that. When Joshua was going to go take, his, take step into his calling as the leader of the Israelites, God shows up to him and says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, right? I will never leave you or forsake you. And listen, if you're a young person, you're trying to figure out life, and you think, you know, what? If I'm, what if I choose the wrong career? Listen, even if you choose the wrong career, wrong path, Jesus will never leave you. I mean, you're a dad, you're a mom, you're trying to figure out how to balance all of life and all the struggles and all of that, and you're just wondering, like, like, am I going to make it through? Listen, God, Jesus is with you in the midst of that problem, and he's not going to leave you. When you're burying friends, making hard decisions, Jesus is with us in the midst of the problem. The third thing we need to remember is this. We need to remember to invite Jesus into our boat. When did the storm cease? When did they end up on the shore? When Jesus got in the boat. And I bet you're a lot like me when things aren't going right. You know what I like to do like those disciples did? I'm going to paddle faster. Let's row. Let's row. Let's paddle faster. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Let's keep going. Keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thing. And you just have to go in nowhere until you finally realize I just need to give this over to Jesus. I was talking with a friend yesterday who's in a very hard situation, he and his wife, and, and in our conversation, he said, Randall, I know God will never give you more than you can handle. And I said, No, no, no. I said, No, no. He will give you more than you can handle a lot of the times. You know why? So that you'll invite him into your boat. So that you will say, I can't carry this, I can't do this, this is beyond me. When you're desperate, you finally get to the desperate place and you're saying, I can't do this anymore, that's when God says, all right, now, uh, you're going to invite me in to the situation? And we literally have to get to a place where we say, God, I can't fix it. I can't solve it. I need you in my boat. And that's where some of you need to get today. Because if you keep doing it on your own, keep trying, keep trying, you'll get to such a dark, desperate place that you will become hopeless. So yesterday I came back from the beach. We had been at the beach for a few days with our boys before they head off to do their thing. And I was supposed to come back yesterday evening, late. But I had to come back early to do a funeral yesterday for a friend and former church attender here who was coming before COVID and he just fell away he and his wife and um, and had to go to his funeral because he'd gotten to such a dark place in his life that he took his own life. And I went and the room's full of people and standing room only and left behind family and friends and coworkers. And as I and as I stood up there and, and just sharing the truth, you know, here's he loved Jesus every day. He got up in the word, in the word. But you know what? Even those who love Jesus can get so deceived and, and start to think God doesn't see them anymore, that God doesn't care anymore, that there's no hope. Listen, if that's you, I, after this last service, the first service, I talked to several people and prayed with them who said, I'm right there. The enemy wants you to believe that there's no hope. There's no reason to keep going. If he can get you to believe that, he has come to do his job, which is to steal and kill and destroy. But if we can continue to get to the place where, remember, no matter what I am going through, Jesus is with me. He's in control, and I need to get him in my boat. Every day. And literally, do this. I pray, Do this. Get to the place. Say, God, I don't have control. You do. You're here with me and I invite you into this. One day, one moment at a time. And if you're at a place in a dark place in your life because I know you get there when you seem desperate and things are dark and you're tempted to take your own life I want you to understand Jesus is with you. Don't give up. Turn to him. Invite him in your boat. And then do this. Invite other church family into the problem with you. Say, will y'all pray with me? Because the enemy wants to isolate you, get you separated, get you in a dark place because he wants to take your life. He wants to take the breath out of your body. So this morning I come and I'm preaching this with a real just passion to see, I don't want to do another one of your funerals where you got so hopeless that you took your life. And if that's you, call me. Come talk to me after. Let's talk. What's your dark thing that you're here? What's your dark season you're in right now? Maybe you're in one right now. Maybe you're not. Maybe you know someone that needs to hear this. You want to share it with them today. You need to remind them, remind yourself Jesus is present in the problem, He's in control. Get Him in your boat. presence of storms does not mean God's absent it means he's there you invite him into it would you pray with me this morning here's what I want you to do I want you to identify maybe something in your life where you are just you're rowing all you can and you're desperate. Maybe there's nothing like that. You're in a good season. Then I want you to pray for others right now that are aren't, but you're desperate and uh, seems a little hopeless, and you keep rowing yourself. This morning, can you remember these three things? I want you to recall this right now. Just Jesus and telling this. Thank you for being in control. Thank you for being present in the problem. And then imagine yourself, even if you have to, just put your hands out in front of you and say, God, I give it to you, and I need you to get in my boat. Whatever the storm may look like, Lord, I just need you with me. Get me through it. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never had a relationship with God. Jesus came to love you, to die for you, go to a cross, die on a cross for your sins. And he died on that cross so that you could have a hope and a peace. And in the darkness, you can turn to him and live it to in eternity with him. You have to call out to him, say, Lord, <laughs> not just get in my boat, come into my life. Come save me from a world of darkness. Maybe you need to do that right now. Father, thank you for the reminder this morning that you came and you offer us peace. But we have to look to you, call to you, not just once, not just once, but daily, hands open, inviting you into the boat. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we sing this next song about peace, about giving God and having peace in God, Let it be a declaration that you're going to look to him for peace in your life. You may have never heard this song. Look at these words. Sing along with us as we declare that to him. Let's stand.